Penn State wrestling heading undefeated, as expected, I would say, into the biggest duel of the season so far. Ohio State coming up this weekend. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Penn State wrestling reporter Greg Pickle with me right now as we're breaking down that, but also quickly to start reviewing the duel against Maryland. Penn State, another decisive victory. So, Greg, first off, welcome to the show. Always appreciate you doing this. Did we learn anything about Penn State this past weekend? Yeah, so a couple of things, Steve Frank. Good to be with you as always. The first is that there were a lot of people concerned in the Penn State wrestling community. I don't know if it's a lot of people, but a fair number, uh, at least at the Blue White Illustrated.com message boards and across social media, kind of wondering where the pins were at for this Penn State wrestling program. Obviously, over the years, it has become known for not just winning national titles and individual titles, but also running away with the team race some years at Big Tens and at NCAAs, in part because it racks up bonus points via pins. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the first half of the season, Penn State was not necessarily pinning people and turning people as much as uh, many are used to with the Kale Sanderson team. I think part of that is the three-point takedown now and how quickly you can take a guy down, bring him back up, take him down again over and over, and all of a sudden a technical fall is in your favor before you can even get a turning combination together. You have Carter Starazzi then uh, maybe upset the Maryland bench a little bit when he worked for a pin instead of just taking the technical fall and going on his merry way mm-hmm. at Maryland. But as you mentioned, the Terps uh, – they put up much of a fight. It was 42 to 6. Penn State won 8 of 10 matches by uh, bonus points, and they also netted four pins. So it was a good weekend for the Lions in College Park. Of course, much of the focus, T Frank, as we'll talk about in a little bit, was related to who was not there for Penn State mm-hmm. as it relates to the 149 pound weight class. But all told, Penn State goes down, gets its 51st straight consecutive dual meet victory. It will look to make that number 52. Uh, against Ohio State, which, of course, we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But, yeah, I think we learned that, you know, anyone worried about, uh, you know, whether Kale Sanderson team's capable of uh, racking up pins and scoring wins by bonus points uh, need not to worry, which you should have already known. But I think you certainly know after uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, so something that I think has been a theme for and I don't know if we talked about this on the last show, but something that's come up a couple of times talking about the number of duels they've had and, and the back to backs on certain weekends, not as many of those. But just right. generally, I imagine the fiercest competition that these guys face is in their own wrestling room. So um, just based on kind of the way the season has gone, do you think that these guys are getting enough work to be prepared for those you know, what they really want to be and what uh, Kale Sanderson is always talking about, even this previewing this upcoming uh, duel. It's not about this one. It's about championships and uh, and March. So do you think that they're getting enough, they're challenged enough, and that they're getting the work they need to to improve so they're ready for that run late in the year? Yeah, so it's interesting. This just came up at Kale Sanderson's news conference back on Tuesday ahead of the Ohio State match. And I thought he had a pretty good answer. You know, it sounds like some guys, Starachi being one of them, and that may have led to his uh, race for a pin on Sunday. He, of course, missed two dual meets earlier this year due to illness. One that has been kind of going through the team, Kale Sanderson making note of the fact that, you know, your guys go home for winter break, they come back, one guy is sick, and it kind of just becomes a bit of a domino effect. I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, but that's what he was getting at. So, yeah, I do think they're kind of in the same place they are most years. Again, not as many dual meets early as is common for a Penn State team part of that with the Olympics uh, team trials coming up and some things that are related to that senior nationals back earlier this year the NWCA all-star event with numerous Nittany Lions it just didn't work out to have as many duels early and then you you know you can see some you see guys miss duels uh, because illness here in January and that's obviously led to some lower match counts for especially the stars 
uh, than what we're used to. You saw the first coaches rankings come out recently, the weight by weight rankings, and a number of Penn State wrestlers were not in it because they did not have the number of matches needed to qualify for it. Uh, just to be clear, you need eight matches at a particular weight to qualify for one of the Big Ten NCAA allocated spots for the national tournament. So Penn State guys will get there. You don't need to worry about that. There's five dual meets to go. The ones that aren't mm -hmm. there yet are on the cusp of getting there. So uh, Penn State will be fine from that perspective. But there are some guys that, you know, last year, I think we all saw what Roman Bravo Young did. And it was kind of a very strategic plan to not have to cut twice in multiple weekends and he'd wrestle maybe the first match and then not the second one or vice versa he would show up a little bit over and then cut down the wrestle and that's mm -hmm. not necessarily what these guys in the upper weights are doing for Penn State uh the ones that have missed matches they just have been dealing with illnesses and off and on uh you know little blips that have kept them out of the lineup so I don't think this is a this is frustrating them. I think it's probably the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Uh, are they going to end up peaking at the right time in March? Of course they are. It's a Kale Sanderson team. There's no question about it. But, yeah, a little bit of a different plan for those guys this year compared to what we saw last year at times. And it just happens. I mean, and I think Kale Sanderson said it well. Every team in the country is dealing with this to some degree. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just a matter of when it hits you how quickly you catch it and then how quickly you can make sure it doesn't get to other guys. And, you know, when you're in a, way, a wrestling room and you're traveling in a plane to these rest these matches, uh, if you're on the road, uh, it's a lot easier said than done. So yeah. I, I hope that sums things up, but by and large, Penn state's in a fine place. If you're quite, you know, if the, if the, the main takeaway of all this is simply that Penn state's in a fine place as the second half of the season uh, rolls along here, uh, that, that's really what the focus is. And they're gearing up for uh, the postseason, which is of course now a month away. Uh, so 149, I know part of the lineup, uh, not just guys missing matches, but also some decisions to make. Um, so 149, Tyler Kasak, David Evans, what's the situation there? Yeah, so Kale Sanderson says that because they sent those two wrestlers to the Lock Haven Matt Town Open last weekend, they didn't bring them with them to Maryland. Connor Pierce stepped into the lineup uh, and, and lost a match uh, at that 149 pounds at Maryland. But the reason he was in the lineup is because Penn State sent David Evans and Tyler Kasak to the Lock Haven Open, where they both were able to get four matches in. And this goes back to the number eight, the magic number eight I was talking about earlier. Yes, if you're if you're sitting there saying, well, both of those guys wrestled at the Army Black Knight Invitational, they are obviously each got two dual meets uh, in January. If they want to wrestle in the postseason at 149, which obviously one of them does because Bo Bartlett is, is slotted at 141. Don't forget that David Evans and Tyler Kasak wrestled at the Army Black Knight Invitational at, in November at 141 pounds. So for the sake of seeding purposes and having enough matches to qualify for the NCAA's uh, Big Ten pre-allocated spots, those matches mean absolutely nothing. So getting those guys Got four it. matches at the Lock Haven tournament, in addition to the two each of them already has, obviously, uh, I'm not a mathematician, but that puts each at six at 149 pounds here in 2024. Right. That allows Penn State to say, okay, even though Tyler Kasak has now beat David Evans twice heads up this year, once at 141 pounds at Army Tournament, and now again last weekend, 4-2 to two at 149 pounds. I mean, I think from the outside looking in, you know, you hear Kale Sanderson say, well, the fact they both have six matches gives us some flexibility. Obviously, with five dual meets to go, you're not super concerned about how you're going to get those guys to eight. They will get there. But, uh, you know, he says they don't have to necessarily make the decision this week 
I, I just have a really hard time believing that they're not going to make that decision this week. And that when you go into a match against number seven, Ohio state, and you have next Friday, number two, Iowa on deck at their place, that you're not going to have the guy that you think is the one that can score you the most points at big right. tens and nationals in those matches. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that, Kale Sanderson, like James Franklin, like I'm sure Mike Rhodes to some degree, uh, you know, a lot of things are posturing for the sake of keeping the internal internal until the opponent has to know what's going on. I, I just would be very surprised at this point if Kasak is not the guy for Penn State at 149 pounds. But as we sit here, uh, whenever you're watching or listening to this edition uh, before the match on Friday, if you happen to be listening to it afterwards, then we probably have an answer for you somewhere at BlueWayDosTrade.com. But yeah, yeah. going into that match, they they are not intending to tip their hand on what they're going to do there. Again, I think the fact that Kasek has two head-to-head wins, Kale Sanderson called that an important part of the decision-making process, but he is not willing to give Tom Ryan and Ohio State any indication of what they're going to do friday night so that's where things stand there t frank the uh you know i'm not sure how much of a mystery it is anymore but it continues at least to some degree uh as we head into friday night yeah this is obviously a recorded show we record this earlier in the week but uh it's out on friday in the morning on the blue white illustrated youtube channel so this is a bit of a pre-dual pre-game show uh in a certain aspect so let's talk about ohio state let coming up theoretically <laughs> tonight uh what, what are you expecting between these two teams yeah should be a entertaining match i'm not sure you know if if you're not following wrestling closely or if you just haven't taken a look at the matchups yet you know you might see number one versus number seven and say to yourself hmm uh that could be a really competitive meet and i, I mean look anything's possible but in most cases penn state is going to be favored across the board in this match as it is in almost every uh, dual meet that it, it competes in. The highlight bout is without question it's going to come at 141 pounds as long as everyone is happy, healthy, and ready to go. We're going to have Jesse Mendez, number three, at 141 pounds from Ohio State, taking on number two, Bo Bartlett, 141 pounds senior, of course, from Arizona, longtime member of the Penn State Wrestling Program. That's your highlight duel. Uh, the second one would come at 149 pounds in all likelihood, where number uh, nine, I believe he is in the latest rankings. Yeah, number nine, uh, Dylan D'Amelio. Emilio. Uh, he is going to wrestle either Tyler Kasak or David Evans. So that'll be a good test for either one of those guys. Uh, and there are some top 10, top 12 matchups kind of up and down the board. But when you look at uh, matches where Penn State could really uh, legitimately be threatened, I think that really, obviously, 141 to coin flip. I make 149, uh, you know, a toss up, probably obviously lean towards Ohio State slightly there, but not by any great stretch of the imagination. And it's just hard to see where else Ohio State scores any points, period, let alone bonus points that would keep them in this match uh, to potentially win it. So I would expect Penn State in front of a, a frenzied rec hall crowd to win its 52nd straight dual meet. But I still think there's a lot we can learn about this team from this match. You know, one of the hottest wrestlers in the country, or at least he was recognized by the Big Ten, I believe the NCAA, uh, this past week was Nick Feldman. He's ended up to number 12 PA native heavyweight. Uh, we'll see if he has anything for Greg Kirkley, Kirkliet, who has looked just fantastic uh, at heavyweight for Penn State, number one in the country so far this season, despite missing one match. So, you know, that would be something fun to keep an eye on. I would not expect him, the Nittany Lion, to have any troubles. 
Um, but, you know, we can keep learning about this team and what it can do to score points in different ways and rack up its team total, which, of course, again, uh, it's an individual sport in a lot of ways, but it's also a team sport when you're talking about scoring at, at Big Tens and Nationals and, of course, in these dual meets as well. So uh, plenty for, for Penn State fans to keep an eye on, and this thing starts at 630 uh, Friday night on Big Ten Network. Uh, and last thing, just on the horizon, you mentioned Iowa. Always a massive showdown. You got yeah. uh, your get your binoculars out. Look uh, into the future. Look out in the distance for us. What do you see? Just a general overview of that. Yeah, I mean, you look ahead to that match. Obviously, it's going to be out in Iowa City. Uh, the Hawkeyes lineup impacted by the, I guess, ongoing uh, investigation into you know gambling related to student athletes out uh, at Iowa and at Iowa State. I know that some news came out on that front that seemingly would have favored those student athletes, but I, I can't promise you, as I sit here right now, that any of those guys that were not on the mat will be on the mat or vice versa. I would doubt it at this stage, but you never know how these things shake out. But all told, I, you know, it's another very good Iowa team. There's no question about that. There's going to be a fantastic matchup at 125 between Drake Ayala and Braden Davis. Uh, Real Woods, the uh, Iowa standout at 141, is going to, of course, face Bo Bartlett. Uh, and those two are obviously plenty familiar with each other. Uh, as the standings sit, sit, or the rankings rather, sit right now, you'll have a 1 2 matchup between Levi Haynes and Iowa's Jarrett Frannick at uh, 157. Um, so, you know, again, this should come as no surprise, but up and down the lineup, Mikey Caliendo and Mitchell Messenbrink at 165 will be a tremendous match. And, you know, again, it's just, uh, you know, you, you still make Penn State the favorite going into any of these matches. I mean, they've won as we sit here going into the Ohio State match. Uh, Penn State has won 51 in a row. So yeah. you can't really it's hard to call them an underdog unless, you know, somebody's sick, hurt, whatever. Um, this is a lineup that is poised to score points and win these kind of matches as they've done uh, for a long time in the James Franklin era. But it's fun when you see Ohio State coming to rec hall and you know what that means for both of those programs. And then you see Penn State turns around a week later and goes out to Iowa City. And obviously the, the environment there will be electric in uh, in Iowa City. So fun dual meets coming up, T. Frank, for Penn State. Again, I'd make my favorite in both. And I think what the most important thing is, is that regardless, uh, and Kale Sanderson says this all the time, of how the wins or how the losses happen. It's what you can learn about these Penn State wrestlers to project for the postseason that's often most interesting. Yeah. And so that's what we're watching for uh, here and telling you all about uh, and at bluewhiteillustrated.com as well. Yeah, so if you want to check out uh, more, Greg, bluewhiteillustrated.com, as he mentioned, and for any of our YouTube and podcast listeners, if you're listening to this right now, you can subscribe for just $1 and get two months of access. That's code PSU1, Blue White Illustrated, so you can get in on all the inside information on wrestling, basketball, football, recruiting, and more. I'm Thomas Frankar. He's Greg Pickle. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week to recap Ohio State and look forward to that big matchup we just talked about with Iowa.